Welcome to another week. Um, this week we're back in a schoolroom, which was super exciting. Um, our gutsy voice is Elizabeth Steinthal, who goes by Liz, and she is the founder and head teacher of Educare Small School in Kingston. So have a listen, and we'll see you back on the other side. All right. Tonight we're here at Educare Small School and we are interviewing its or the head teacher and founder, Elizabeth Steinthal. Hi, Liz. Welcome. Hi, Karen and Mary. Hi. <laughs> so uh, we're really excited to be talking to you because you have a very unique school here. And um, especially in a time when lots of people are looking at education and everybody feels like you have to tick all these boxes, I think Educare is a great place um, that that does it differently. And so I'm excited to get to talk to you about right. education tonight. Um, so let's start first, because you didn't start your career opening a school. Can you tell us a little bit about who you are and, and what it is that you do? Yeah, so... Um... Well, I'm a mother of three children. Um, I'm married to an accountant, or a retired accountant now, and I've been a teacher all, through all of my career. So I think I wanted to be a vet at some point when in my childhood, but I don't really like birds or you know <laughs> anything creepy crawly, so I would never have done that. And then my sister uh, trained to be a, a teacher, and I just kind of because I didn't have any other ideas so I just kind of followed on and did what she'd done and then it all kind of worked out and then I just found that I the first school that I worked in which was in Clapham which was mm -hmm. in um in I Ilia then which was the inner London Education. Educational Authority yeah. okay and um you know like all the girls from private schools got put into Kensington and Chelsea and the rest of us all were shuttled out to the south of the river Gotcha. But it was a it was a it was a great school, and that was where uh, I was given really the first little burst of how you could do it a little bit differently. Because the deputy head there talked to me or encouraged me to do what she was doing, which was to start to divide up the rooms. So instead of being uh, like teaching from the front to the back, you know, yeah, talk and chalk at the front. She encouraged me to set it up as sort of different stations, which, of course, now everybody does. And, you know, that was really exciting. The head there just let us do it. And then I, when I left there, I got married and uh, we, moved, we moved out to Spain. And in Spain, well, not a wonderful experience, really, because they're... Um, it's bums on seats. Oh, yes, you're allowed to say bums on seats. That's quite all right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, they were Spanish-owned schools. They were bilingual <clears throat> schools. And really, mm, they were just pushing children through. So there was no it's educational philosophy behind oh. it. So that was just, that was a fun time. We were in our early 20s. And we were in Barcelona then oh, wow. um, 
and then uh, I had a, my first daughter and um, we moved out on an exchange trip to Texas. Really? Which was another eye-opener, yeah. Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah. know that yeah. about you. So my, my eldest daughter was born in Dallas. Oh, wow. So that's why we called her Dallas Alice, because I was, oh, I was I reading about the Dallas Cowboys, and they, they had Dallas Alice, I think it was there. Oh, gosh, I don't Ascot know. Or something. God, you're giving me so many good things to ask <laughs> questions about here. Can I pause you for a second? Because yeah. actually, yeah, I know yeah. your story goes on past that. But let's, I, I want to take a little step back first to... <clears throat> Well, you went into teaching because your sister did. Yeah. How, you're, I'm so I'm guessing your sister's older than you are yes. because she was making yes. that choice yeah. first. So did your sister stay in teaching and did you get to see her do that? And no, no, we were very different teachers. So she mm-hmm. was a very good, um, I would say, sort of infant, which is key stage one okay. teacher. Um, she was in a very small country school and... Really, we, yeah, we just kind of went, went like that. Divergent yeah. path. Yeah. So basically, yeah. you saw her, thought, okay, that looks good, and yeah. then went about yeah. your own path. Yeah. And then when you were going to school, and actually, I don't know what it's like to study to become a teacher here in the UK, so you'll have to help me out with that. Mm. But did you have to decide in edu- teacher education school what you wanted to teach at that point, or do you get... Um, well, yeah, I it, I did. Okay. Uh, so I had I wouldn't have chosen secondary. So okay. uh, it was a it was a primary course. So it okay. would have been from five year olds through to eleven. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so and what did you decide then? How how did you decide on the age group that you wanted to teach? Um. Well, I don't remember, Karen. No. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's okay. So so this just happens, happened, right? Yeah. Okay. And so. Um, Sorry. So then from there, you you started teaching in London and you had this nice teacher and, and that sort yeah. of thing. How long were you teaching in inner London? Four years. Four years. Okay. Yeah. And so, and that, that was a pretty good experience. And is it at that point mm-hmm. that you knew, yeah, I've chosen the right career or, or were yeah, you just I enjoying was, it? I was just enjoying it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so then you go to Barcelona and actually I'm really curious to know a little bit more about what teaching in Spain is like. So is this the class of 30 kids? Is it, or more? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it wasn't, okay. it wasn't more. And it was okay. a private school in, in Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were not large, there weren't large classes, but there was no educational philosophy. You know, there was nothing behind. So what you came in and you did. Okay. What you, you know, what was your own stuff really so, so there was no joining together no planning no nothing to back it up and um so I had brought in quite a few things from teaching in London and so you know I was a bit of a whiz kid for a while because you know I was doing things that they hadn't seen gotcha. um and were you teaching in English or were you teaching in, in Spanish you no know, they were they were Spanish mainly all Spanish children all bilingual children Okay. Um, and I was teaching in English. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't have, well, I had basic, some Spanish that I'd learned in evening class, but no, other, not otherwise. Yeah. Oh, okay. So very cool. All right. Yeah. So then how long were you teaching in Spain? Well, we did the four years. Then we went for uh, nine months to the States. Okay. And then we came back to Madrid. Okay. And so then I was teaching Madrid. 
So then, and actually, I have to ask because my dad is actually from Texas. Right. So I'm, and actually, quite well, not quite near Dallas because Texas is massive, but near to Dallas in Texas terms. Um. So where were you in the suburbs of Dallas then, or like right there? Yes. Yeah. I can't remember what. No, that's what okay. I'm no. just curious. No. My my dad grew up uh, around. Well, actually, he lived around mm. Tyler, and his mm. family is from right. Tyler, which is just east of there. So I think that's really cool. Mm. Um, okay, so then you go back to Madrid, and you're teaching in Madrid. Yeah. And what was that like then? After now having, did you teach while you were in Texas as well? No, no? but I did some volunteering. So okay. I just went in to to kind of see what schools were like. Okay. Oh, what do you think? <laughs> Well, the lady that I was volunteering with um, kind of had the television on and talked from the... No! <laughs> really? So I wasn't over kind of impressed, yeah. No, yeah. I wouldn't be either. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. Oh, bummer. Yeah. I mean, I didn't so... do that much, but I kind of went in and did some one-to-one work with, with children, which she seemed amazed that you know, <laughs> anyone might, might do. Yeah. Okay, well, yeah, if you've got a big class and you've yeah. got the television on. So, although to be fair, some of my memories of early education was the TVs being rolled in mm. yeah. to the room. But you get to see, it was always cool educational stuff, but it wasn't yeah. the whole thing. So, hopefully. Mm. But anyway, okay, so then you go back to Madrid. And then did you teach in Madrid as yeah, well? Yeah, I taught in Madrid. And I taught in the same school that, um, well, I had a couple of sort of iffy jobs really in schools that, that so in Spain, anybody could set up a school, really, okay. just like I did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, it's not regulated in any way. And okay. so I had a couple of jobs that mm-hmm. I really wasn't impressed with. And then I got a, uh, a, a job in the school where my, with my eldest daughter, and then mm-hmm. my other two children went there as well. So that was all like, made life a little easier and it was a big school it went through secondary um it was much better run than than the one in in Barcelona it had a you know much bigger staff and they were beginning to get it together but it was still you know bums on seas oh gotcha okay so and the reason I wanted to ask you about all of this is because um it sounds like I, well, and I, I believe a lot of this is going to inform your philosophy later on. Yeah. So, so how? <laughs> when did you come back to the UK to start teaching and, um, and start teaching 80, here in Kingston? Eighty-four. 84. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and did you start at Latchmere? At Latchmere. Yeah. Okay. So, and so did so did my three children. Yeah. Oh, so you still have the the children yeah, in school yeah. with you? Yeah. How exciting! My children. Did not like that so much. So, um, well, I don't know whether mine did, really. <laughs> so, so tell us then, so you've had these experiences seeing how education is done really all over the world, and then you came back here, and did that give you a different perspective on Absolutely. how education yeah. was happening yeah. here? Because Latchmere was something of a flagship school, yeah. so the, the head was very progressive and... Um, quite innovative in her in her ideas and I kind of fitted into her because I was you know very open to trying things out and so uh, she had as part of the staff there were quite a lot of people who were resistant to any kind of progressive ideas Um, but you know we we kind of moved it on and forced it through a bit and um, 
yeah, and she just kind of supported me in a lot of ideas. We talked a lot. We had a lot of time together. She became a friend, a, re a very yes. good friend. Yes. Um, and then, and that's where I met Sue Mary as well, who then um, came and did the start of the end, Sandra technique work here. And um, for me, um, it kind of turned on the switches really. So, you know, I was then mm -hmm. able to work through through topics because that's how she was doing it. We got a lot of design technology and that just come onto the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it was, it was great. So anything that I suggested or wanted to do, she supported too. Oh, that sounds yeah. amazing. Mm. Having worked in education, finding mm. an administrator yeah. who will encourage you and just give you free yeah. reign to try things is so few and far between, yeah. unfortunately. So what are some of the things that you're really proud of that you guys did at Latchmere during that time? What were some of the educational things that you were doing? That well, were... it was because while I was at Latchmere, that's when the national curriculum came in. So okay. we didn't want it to then become something very dry and and stodgy. And so uh, what we did was to use design technology to kind of drive the curriculum. So to teach the curriculum, the, the whole national curriculum, through design technology, which meant that there would be... Uh, an end. It's a little bit the way it's done now as a okay. more discrete subject. So there would be an end thing. So they, they, I remember we made, we planned out a new playground for the school and that was the end product. And then yes. everything else that they were doing sped through that, yes. which has, has some kind of downfalls in it because you can't do everything through it. Yeah. But, um, it started off the idea of, you know, can you can you just make children motivated and excited about what they're doing rather than having to sit at the desk and you know gotcha. listen to stuff. So yeah. it sounds a little bit like project based learning. Yeah. Is that yeah. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So um and so not all of our listeners are educational people, so I yeah. feel like maybe we should explain that. So basically, like with your playground, you're saying they would have the idea was, here's your own project, this playground. And yeah. so they would do writing projects related yes. to that. And yeah. they do maths projects yeah. related yeah. to that exactly. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And would that be across the school or is that just across one age level? Like well, would each age level have its own project? Um, well, when we tried it out, we just tried it out on this one project with the playground. Okay. And then because there were a few people who found it really difficult to work in that way there were just a few of us who did it so it's a staff of uh nine uh full-time teachers and okay. so I think there were sort of three of us in the end who managed to do it but it was just great you know we used to invite parents in we used to I remember you know I had a mother who who uh, had a spinning wheel she used to spin wool and she oh. came in and you know that was all very new and we do it all the time different. now you mm -hmm. know but it was all very new to actually have that going on and what kind of response were you getting from people at this time because this that, that is the gutsy thing right it's doing something totally different than mm -hmm. what people have expected in the past so what was the feedback that you that you were well, receiving I, I think parents were very happy because you know children were very happy there were still very big classes there's still yeah. 30 plus um but you know 
if you your child goes home and says they had a chicken come in in class, you know, did things yeah. like that. Mm. And they're, they're, I don't remember. I mean, you've always got a few parents who'll have a little moan. But yeah. in general, people, you know, were very enthusiastic about it. And the the head was very good at selling her school, you know. Oh, that's Much cool. better than I probably am. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I don't think so. But so so let's talk about that then, because then you did that for 10 years at Latchmere, yeah? Um, about? It's about? Yeah, about 10 years. About yeah. 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And, then, and then you left Latchmere to start Educare. Yeah, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how... Actually, let's start first. Can you tell our listeners who aren't familiar with Educare a little bit about your school and how it works? Yeah. Well, it's... Um, <clears throat> the Basically, it needs to be a happy place. So that's the one thing that I learned going through all of these educational establishments, that school needs to be a happy place for children. They need to be learning things that are useful. So they need life skills, whatever they are. And that had dogged me a little bit because it worried me. Big classes, children slipping through the net a little bit, you know, children who were very able, not being challenged. And so in this school, we had a sort of clean sheet and we just started off because of the size of the building we didn't have a lot of choice you know it fell into three group sizes but we started off with three children and then uh, we just added more and more things to the curriculum as we as we went along and so you know the the word safe it needs children need to feel really safe when they come to school they need to know that they're going to be listened to, they're going to be looked after. It needs to be uh, balanced. So whatever you're teaching, you know, they, they don't need too much academic stuff. They need, you know, they need social support. They need emotional support. They need, um, well, the one that we actually got stuck on was the physical bit because, you know, we had this tiny this space, little playground. Yeah. And that's when, uh, when I was working with Sue and uh, the Alexander teacher, and we brought in the Alexander work and we started looking at the movement circle and how we could develop that within the school. So basically, we've got three, uh, three mixed age groups and children move quite fluidly through them. So if they're ready to move on to the next group, they do. If they're not, they remain where they are until, you know, they have the skills or whatever they need, the sport. Sometimes it's emotional, uh, what's that word, emotional uh, intelligence. intelligence yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, how because the classrooms aren't based necessarily on age so much no. as on skill level yeah. and yeah. and that yeah. emotional thing, right? Yeah. Okay. The emotional intelligence, yeah. not emotional thing. But yeah, okay. So so you have your three classrooms. Yeah. And how many, I think it's probably important for our listeners to know too, how many students are in each of these classrooms? Up to 16. Okay. So, so the, but they're not all full because we have to leave certain amount of space for children who are moving through the school. You allow for that movement. Yeah. And yeah. For the, once a student starts here, there's movement, there's a yeah. place for them to yes. go all the way through. Yeah. And then I think, too, it might be interesting, the building. Can you tell us a little bit mm. about the building and the history of... Yes, it's a very, uh, very calm, very lovely, very pretty little Baptist chapel. And when we found it, it was 
full of pigeons and very derelict and really? it didn't have the playground space at the side but it was ideal so uh, we jumped in and bought it and we bought it for uh, £98,000. Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, and we... God, you can't find a flat for that no. these days. Yeah. 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 Not a shed even. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's yeah. true. <laughs> um, and so we, uh, we invested. So my husband's accountant and so, you know, he like was doing the financial side. I could never have done it without yeah. his financial support. And we got halfway through, and because um, they had to go under the floor, there's two fonts under the floor in there that had to close off, and it, there was just more and more and more money going into it. And we were so far in that we just had to keep going, okay, you know, it's another <laughs> check. And oh we gosh. had to do it in two parts to start with. So we developed the kindergarten first, and this was all boarded off. Really? And then we developed the, the hall side as well. And we were going to have a mezzanine, uh, but we ran out of my, a mezzanine, a lovely porch and cloakroom on the outside, but we uh, ran out of money or we decided we probably... Enough was enough. enough. <laughs> in, yes. May I ask this, how long ago was this? What year was that? 1997. And were you aware that there were people in the area who were looking for a different style of education for their child? And that you would that you did you have an idea that you that you had a client base out there or was that a bit of no, a risk? No, not really. It mm. was a bit of a risk, mm. and it was for, for even those who took it on. It was a bit of a risk because mm. it's a bit of a leap of faith. Absolutely. If you take on a non-proven approach to to education, yeah. And it took us, um, I suppose, ten years before we could actually say, okay, you know, yes. these children have moved through. This is what happened to them. We know it works. Yeah. And I couldn't actually say that with any kind of confidence. I was mm. saying it with confidence, but, yes. you know, the people just had to believe it. But a, mm. a lot of people came along who got it straight away. Yeah. Well, and actually, that's a really good question. So, I mean, here you invest all this money in this building mm. and you decide you're going to go for it. How did you know it would work? Um, <clears throat> yeah, well... I- uh, or was that know. the gutsy bit? Know, was that yeah. the following uh, your gut? Like... Probably, yeah. The accountant was at the side with his <laughs> with his figures. Um, yeah, and I just kind of wanted to do it. Yeah. You know, it was it was my vision. I, uh, so I just made it work, really. And it it's been organic. It's just grown yes. and grown and grown as it's gone along. Yeah. And so let's go back. When did you first have the idea? But you know what? Actually, I just want to open my own school and do this my own way. Um, well, that actually was when I was at Latchmere, and it was that head teacher who sowed <laughs> that seed, really. And she wanted to start something, um, and she wanted me to join in. Um, mm. And we looked at a lot of buildings, and then she got ill very sadly and pulled out the whole thing. Mm. And uh, you know, and I had three children and I just shelved it a bit, really. Mm-hmm. And then when I didn't get that job, yeah. then I just turned around and it was still there. And it was mainly Peter, my husband, who just said, right, we're going to find a building. We'll, you know, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. And it took us a couple of years before we found this building. Really? And it, my mother found this building. She was walking past and she said, oh, I saw this nice little 
Oh, building. wow. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. That yeah. is so cool. So, and then I think we should talk to a little bit about Sue and mm-hmm. the Alexander technique, yeah. because that's also something very unusual. And, and I don't know the story of this, of how, of how the school came to be, because really the Alexander technique is kind of at the heart yeah. of what happens here. Mm-hmm. So, and not a lot of people know. So could you talk a little bit about what the Alexander technique is and how you and Sue developed okay. the school around that? Right. Um, well, the Alexander technique is, um, is a way of using your body to the best advantage, really. So it's about uh, how, you, how you need to stop and think about how you're going to, what you, how you're going to do things. It's about how you do it rather than just rushing straight in and, and doing it. Um, so that helps us when children, are, you know, they stop before they come in from the playground. They stop before, well, sometimes they do stop before <laughs> they pick up a pencil, all of those things. It's, it's just about pausing, becoming grounded, thinking, and then doing whatever it is. So I didn't know that about the Alexander Technique. I had just, I'd worked with Sue at Latchmere and we were on a handwriting project. And uh, the same head teacher wanted to see whether the Alexander Technique would help children with handwriting. And Sue came out of it and she kind of passed it on to me and said, you deal with that. And, (laughs) And it came out that Sue just recommended that all the furniture in the school needed to be different which of course was you know not at all what the head wanted to hear mm-hmm. so okay. we kind of fit, you know sorted it in we managed to get it going a little bit and as part of that Sue used to uh, give me Alexander lessons on my desk table in, in my oh, office gosh. at Latchman <laughs> so I used to kind of you know at lunchtime have a quick Alexander lesson and that yeah was mainly all that I knew about it until when I opened the school we were thinking you know how could we make more money out of it and I said to Sue one day you know would you like to use the school thinking she might use it to give Alexander lessons and she just jumped straight on board and kind of went yeah great fine you know I'd like to come and work in the school and it was like one of those things that she just swept in and then we started working together to see, you know, how could we develop that physical side for children? How could we actually run it all the way through? Because Alexander had uh, what was called the little school. And so she was quite keen from that point of view and also very keen that children shouldn't lose what is their natural mm. good use of their, their body right from the beginning. So. You know, we had no furniture, so we could could do yeah, all of we that. could do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So mm. that's really interesting, and that because that's I think another area where, like, what was the reaction to that as these parents were starting to come in, and well, we were doing it so, right from the beginning. Okay, yeah. So we had a quiet time right from the beginning, and okay. we had a movement circle. The movement circle was very unpopular. It's not like right. it is right. now. Okay. Um, so now they don't even question, they just couldn't do it. No, they don't just they? don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it was all, it was all in place. And Sue also, you know, is a kind of creative pot of ideas as well. So she had a, a lot of ideas that we tried out and didn't work. 
she did a lot of um, uh, dietary assessments as well to see whether she could help children and parents in that way and yeah. we did those as part of the school and and um, yeah it's been quite a long journey working with Sue and you know she's still yes. coming and she's still and so the two through. of you are still here yeah which actually so so from there I mean, your school has been here, you just celebrated 23 yeah, 23 years, years. Yeah. So, which is fantastic. So those, those first students who started with you, they're now adults. And yeah, going out. through university or through it, yeah. That's amazing. And do you hear from them still? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. not, not all of them, but, right. you know, there's still a few that keep in, well, they don't keep in touch, but, you know, if they're going by, they call in or... You know, I see their parents, and yeah, and they're all they're all success stories. Yeah, it's really good to hear. Yeah, and could you could you share one of those with with us? Like, what what does success out of Educare look like? Because here was this vision, and that you you kind of broke out on your own, did it, and now yeah. what does the success of that look like? Well, it doesn't have to be uh, a child who takes the traditional route all the way through studying. So. Uh, one of our teachers has got three children who came here. Her eldest daughter uh, was one of our first pupils and uh, she was brilliant at doing lots and lots of things but then decided she didn't want to go down the traditional university and actually while quite a lot of her uh, state school comrades were, were going down that route, she stuck to her own um, wishes yeah. and now she's got a really successful job she's done really well joined the the home office okay. and um, has done really well so that is a good success story but also it's just seeing the child who comes into school not necessarily at four, three or four but the child yeah. who comes out of another school who has more or less been dumped mm. Or comes with a label thinking, you know, that they have something across their forehead that says, I can't. Mm. And they go out from here mm. going, yes, I can. Mm. And and they do whatever they want to do. Yeah. I'd say you have a lot of those, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, they do. They're, you know, and they're, there's a, you know, there's a lot who just mm, come in, sail through and go out. But it's those children who... We do feel that we've just made an impression on that we have in some way supported and helped. And Do you feel mm. you see more of those out of Educare than you did necessarily in those other mainstream schools that you worked at, whether it was Lashmere or yeah. in the ones in Spain or the one in Clapham? Yeah, definitely. This is, this is a totally different way of working with children because we see them all the way through, we have um, a very different relationship with them. So if you're a class teacher with six and seven-year-olds, it means that, you know, you see them when they're six and seven and you don't get that continuation. But here, mm. we see them come in the door, they're like, you know, self-seeded little kindergartens, and then we see them go out the other end. Yes. And they're loving yeah. Yeah. that growth. Mm. And... Oh, go ahead. And, and, and it's wonderful, isn't it, that you, a six to seven-year-old, 
might not be ready to then go up to a next class as they mm. do in a traditional mm. school with seven and eight year olds. They might need to stay in that yes. phase for yeah. a bit longer. Yeah. Certainly, my children, mm-hmm. uh, you know, especially my my eldest yeah. daughter, she, yeah. she she needed more time mm. and a different approach. Yeah. And thankfully, we're at the other end now. Mm. But primary school for her was a very mm. very difficult yeah. time. Yeah. I think it is for for many many yeah. children and these diagnoses of. ADHD yeah. and all sorts of yeah. things. Perhaps you know. Perhaps if there was a bit more creativity mm. or time or or, or or looking at Alexander technique and physicality mm-hmm. for children, that perhaps the diagnosis wouldn't yeah. be as readily yeah. uh, given. Yeah. I don't know. Because it doesn't to have a diagnosis doesn't help anyway. Yeah. You you know, children have to learn how to deal exactly. with whoever they are. That's it. You know, and it's not. It's the school that has to fit around the child, mm. not the child yeah. that has to fit yeah. into the oh, school. You know, gosh. and that's that, that's the the problem that you know most uh, schools are too inflexible. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. I would absolutely agree. Mm-hmm. That was certainly our experience mm-hmm. beforehand. So, mm-hmm. um, well, and I want that that brings me to this other question I had is how how is your school viewed by this? Because actually, that's an interesting th- thing here in the UK is that you have Ofsted who mm-hmm. go around and they rate all of the schools, right? So you have this standardized yeah. vision. And, and, and of course, you have colleagues who, you know, I'm sure you guys work with people who are in the other schools do you find that that people are excited about what you're doing here and give you good feedback or do you find that you're so different that 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 there's still that fear of oh well that's really different I don't want to do that like what kind of I guess what kind of feedback do you get or we I would say very positive so people who come out of other schools will go or I'd love to work here or you know Mm. Like really yeah. like you know, my <laughs> child to come here or whatever. I think as a whole body, um, the state system sees us as a little bit airy fairy on the side. Okay. You know, you, it's quite diff. I I don't know, and I might be oversensitive to this. Yeah. But sometimes I don't, you know, feel that they take us seriously. Mm. Um, probably as we get older and older. Um, you know, the school gets older yes. and older, yeah. then, you know, we are getting a little bit more sort of uh, body behind us. But to start with, it was, it, we were dismissed quite a bit. We had a very good um, advisory teacher from the, the, the authority, our local uh-huh. authority, who supported us through quite a lot of Ofsteads and things like that. Yeah. Um, but in general, uh, all people who come visit, you know, we have a lot of Alexander teachers. We do have teachers from other schools who come, parents who are teachers who bring, their, you know, we do right. got quite a few. I would say, as, as I am one, actually, yeah. yes, um, which I will talk about. But yeah, uh, as, as a teacher myself mm. who searched around for the ideal educational environment, I was ecstatic when I found Educare because yeah. it is, yeah, it is what you want. Yeah. So um, especially once you've had experience in a more institutionalized system, mm. um, I, I think what you said there about how the school should fit around the child, yeah. isn't that what we all want for kids yeah. is mm. to treat kids. And that's always what struck me about Educare is that you treat kids as an individual. And that's why I was wondering how hard that is to do when you're part of this much bigger system 
you know, if, if you're getting, if you get pushback <clears throat> about that or. Well, we don't, how you with the older children, the, the, mm-hmm. the time we get pressured is in the kindergarten because, really? because we're funded and therefore uh, okay. they are, we're inspected by the local authority. Okay. Um, they're always very um, concerned about when we start children on reading and writing skills, which we uh, don't do in line with what Ofsted would really like to see. So that means that our uh, general level of development is never quite where they think it should be. So, you know, they expect four and five-year-olds to be able to read it a string of words or write a string of words and you know that's just crazy and stuff, some can know. but not all yeah, right no, exactly. yeah and yeah. if you're and going to treat the child individually yes. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> so um, so how do you how do you how do you maintain this vision in in the face of that in the face of that pressure well i suppose we don't have to be within it very much we've got okay. you know we have our our philosophy about how we're going to teach literacy skills and we stick with that and you know if it if it, that would have got us if it had got us a fail as a as an Ofsted or a requires improvement we would have done with it so. yeah okay um but it hasn't it hasn't okay. ever so um it's been commented on but it's not you know it's not really kind of pulled us down and otherwise you know we don't really sort of get involved in anything other than the kindergarten activities so you know under gotcha. fives really yeah oh, that's interesting yeah. I that's suppose interesting. we did I did keep you know I was quite protective and defensive to start with so I probably didn't put it out there and go yeah we're doing this <laughs> you know so we were not really kind of you know squashed down very much at the beginning gotcha hmm. that's cool so and then um the future of Educare, because you, I mean, you started the school 23 years mm. ago, and now it's, you know, you're starting to see how long will this go, right? Because it started as this personal project, see yeah. how it goes. What it, what are your plans for the future? How do you? Um, well, when I started it, the plan, the, the vision was much wider. We were going mm. to, um, and we actually had a parent group that we were all working on it. We were going to kind of build a model school that we then set up in different places. So we were going to oh. set up a little hive of, of, of small schools, yes, educators. Oh, okay. But, you know, it took so long to get this one up and sustainable yeah. that that's kind of gone a bit by the wayside. So really for me, uh, I just want to get this one sustainable. Yeah. So uh, we know that we can work it on the fee level. We know that financially we can do it. Um, but, you know, it needs someone to take over my my job. And it's not everybody's, you know, it's got to be someone with a vision. It's got to be someone who goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to give it 24-7 and you know, yeah. dig out the, the drain out the back and, you know, <laughs> turn right. the heating on when it needs doing and, you know, all of those things and, you know, get a lot of fulfilment out of it. But you've got to have, you've got to have some passion and a vision and... Because it's not it just goes. about being in the classroom is what I'm hearing. Mm, it's yeah. not just about no, being in no, front no. of the children. So, so what does that, 
what is the struggle there that I mean is it I guess how do you how do you even go about that yeah any any ideas because um is that the next well it always used to be that I used to think you know what is needed will happen so something would always come along or a person would come along and I don't know whether a person will come along or not um because it's how do you advertise that you know where do you advertise it what do you yeah. do you know it's kind of i mean who knows so, perhaps so, so. one of our listeners will be yeah right there will be yes. and, yeah yeah uh, and uh educare yeah. will just live on yeah. i'm sure it will yeah. i'm sure it will well i couldn't you know what i don't want because we peter and i own the building which is one of the reasons why it's a successful you know, because the school uses the building. Mm. Yes. But it is separate in, in any way. So my three children, my own three children, uh, you know, know that my wishes are that it will continue. So they will do everything they can to support that. So my son has become a trustee. And, um, yeah, I, it, they just know that, you know, I don't want 23 years of my work and other people's hard work mm. just going down the drain, you know, mm. because it was for the first sort of 10, 15 years, it was kind of thinking about it all the time. Mm. Gotcha. And it's not so much now. And I know if I only, I'm only working three days a week and I know that it will work now without me here all the time. It's just I need to kind of out you, know. you need to find that person yeah, yeah. and i was so well that's that's great that your son mm-hmm. i was to say and so do you see this passing down it's going to be no no, no no not from that point of view he's just he's just happy to be within the trustees but you know i've got uh-huh. uh yeah no i don't i don't see it passing down through my family oh gosh okay mm. so um well, I guess that, that brings us to the end then. Unless I, you, I, I do I, have a question I do. I here. Have a, okay, I have good. a burning question because, Please. you know, if I, my children, as I say, they're all through primary school yeah. now and, and they have got through the education system, um, albeit, not, you know, jumping through a few hoops at times. I would love for our listeners who perhaps are considering where to send their children or perhaps slightly disillusioned with uh, education in the UK, what does a typical day for a six-year-old look like at Educare? Do they come in a uniform? No, no uniform, no homework. Um, It's fun. So they walk through the door and Um, what happens? They have Alexander technique They walk through the door, they they start with a movement circle, which is some Alexander techniques, some brain gym, some Tai Chi, all kinds of different things that we put together. Mm -hmm. I've seen it. It looks like it's kind of a mix between this, like a Zen yoga mm-hmm. stretch, mm-hmm. but brain gym, mm-hmm. like yeah. active. So yeah. we come thing. in and then we move, yeah. and then so what then happens? they go. They'll go to their respective uh, group, yes. and they'll have a focus time. So they'll talk about what their first part of the day is going to be. Yes. So we work in in two week blocks. So they'll do in the mornings two weeks of maths, two weeks of literacy, two weeks of topic. Nice. Um, and then after that, then they'll have a playtime. Yes. Then after that, they'll do a bit more of whatever their morning work was. Yes. They have lunch, and then um, they all eat together, kindergarten and 
they do it in staggered times, but they're yes. all in there together. Yes. And then they have a quiet time after lunch when they come in. Yes. And then in the afternoon they'll do well. I do art, and one afternoon with the with the old, older ones they do French. They do all the other national curriculum subjects. Yes. I quite often talk to parents of being like scales, really. So you know, on one side you've got the national curriculum and all the stuff that. Yes. has to be learnt and on the other side to balance it up is the Alexander technique yes. and all the other things that Fantastic. we do you know yes. the circles and the, yeah. yeah so that is what a day looks like they have another playtime in the afternoon yes then they'll have we try and get a story in oh they have forest school so they have forest school every child has a session of forest school once a week yes uh, we have a music teacher who comes in on a Friday so lots of singing and yes making music so Fantastic. they um yeah See, a lot of movement too yes like children are moving around and choosing the work they mm. want to do mm. it's it's almost a very yeah. collaborative environment isn't it yeah. where it's not students sitting and listening and being yeah. dumped into yeah. right yeah. It's students and teachers collaborating so it's quite a busy noise, yeah. and, but and it's very busy noise down there yeah. in the kindergarten. But you know, in the hall, it's a it's a it's a busy noise, and yes. they are all focused on what they're doing. But they're talking, and they're encouraged to talk. Yes. They're yes. encouraged to ask questions, answer questions, um, talk to each other. So yeah, it's it's a joy to work in as a teacher because sure. you get such lovely feedback but well, it sounds to me like children being children yes Absolutely. yes exactly exactly so and how how amazing that you had to be gutsy to do that in terms of of education mm. but I'm so glad that you have <laughs> <laughs> so glad that you have so all right well thank yeah. you so much Liz we appreciate yeah. you and having Good us in well that was a really fascinating interview with Liz it's fascinating for me to step back into a school because my children are all grown up now and it is a small school. Everything about it is small and intimate and cosy and it, it just felt like it was a place that was full of love and nurturing and creativity. It was really gorgeous. It it is very much a community and and yeah, it was kind of, it was fun for me because my children do go to this school, mm. which is how I know Liz and why I was so interested in her story. Um, it very much is a community and and what drew me to this school to begin with was this idea that they treated my children as individuals, which was something that my children hadn't been treated as mm. in other educational places. So um, so I was so happy to hear how Liz's experience built to that and that that her vision is alive and oh gosh i'm really hoping that that right person comes along for her i hope so, so too. I hope right so. there so, could be a listener out there couldn't there exactly so and and actually it gives me confidence too that when you know the when you know the right thing to do yes. that you can step out and do it and it will be a success cuz yes. you know it yeah um, and that's what i think i got from liz's story yeah so so what do you think mary what music are we playing for our listeners this week well i think the song has to be jackson 5 abc easy as 1 2 3 
She did make it sound so easy, didn't she? She did. So, all right. Well, and actually, we didn't talk about um, that. That wraps up our interview with Liz. But I think too, we should talk a little bit about our listeners and the comments we've been getting. Um, we had another comment this week from. Anne Dyson? Anna Dyson. Yes. Anna Dyson, yes, who said that she's really enjoying listening to all of these episodes. So thank you so much, Anna, for listening. And um, to the rest of our listeners, please don't forget to go pop your comments and maybe you'll show up here in our ending for an episode in the future. So we look forward to seeing you all back here next week. And in the meantime, thank you so much to Will Bourne for another great production. And thank you, Mary, for another great interview. And thank you, Karen, for always being that person who sets this up for us and who brings all the equipment and gets us there. It really is a step-by-step process, and we couldn't do it without one another. So we're very grateful to every bit of input from the listeners, from our producer, and for each other. So thank you very much. Agreed. I love our Gutsy Voices team. Me too. All right. Until next time. Boys.